It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're currently listening to the free version of Let Me Talk. If you want longer, ad-free episodes, even earlier, head to lmtpod.com to find out how you subscribe. Let me talk! Hello and welcome to Let Me Talk Details, a respite from the weekly whirlwind of top flight football. This is a space to break down the big picture topics and get into the details away from the game-by-game analysis. I'm David Mooney. As ever, the Athletic City correspondent Sam Lee is with me. Hello. And former City defender Nader Manua. Hello, sir. This show is also a platform for you to get involved as well. We'd love to hear from you, so email hello at lmtpod.com if you've got any questions, thoughts or ponderings about City or football in general. Remember, this is the free version of the podcast feed. If you'd like longer ad-free versions, even earlier, then head over to lmtpod.com for information on how to become a member. I'm going to start with a question from uh, Jack because uh, at the end of last season, Sam, you were talking about Kevin De Bruyne playing through injury towards the run-in. Yeah. Um, well, he was. Well, he was, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, what's it like playing through injury? Is, is it something you've ever done? Yeah, this always surprises me because it's like whenever I've tried to play a media game once because I've played like five-a-side the night before, little problem in my thigh, and I was like, well, if I just go and like try and manage the game so I'm not sprinting around as a centre back I'm trying to re- didn't work like mm. three minutes I was like now nah, you know try and play a pass gone but it's like that's it's like people must play with injuries like more than that uh, I would say there's there's a subtle difference between like injury and discomfort like if you're actually injured injured mm. like you'll see that you are limited physically and limited to be on the point where so like for Kevin he was obviously injured he was not he was obviously injured but he could sprint yeah, he could run around. He could cover the distance. There was something that was a bit off. You could probably see it in some of his passes or whatever. And he wasn't fully himself, but it wasn't really obvious to the naked eye. No. But like, if you're injured, say if you've got like a, so he's out for two months now. If you asked him to sprint, sorry, he's out for two months. If you asked him to sprint a week after the Champions League final, couldn't do. You'd, you'd see he'd be limping. Mm. You know what I mean? But you never noticed him limping when the game was going on itself. But he was on the verge, and that's the sort of danger with it. You know when you're feeling discomfort, whether it's your ankle, knees, whatever. And if you get it wrong, it then becomes a significant injury where you have to stop. And that's the sort of danger with it all because everyone wants to play. I think barring, say, one or two people in my career, I think, and I could be wrong here, I hope I'm not sort of misinterpreting this, but like Danny Sturridge, for example, like he wouldn't play in discomfort. Like he had to feel like he was 100% to play. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what he was like, he's told from when he was very young. 
And obviously he had a good career, so he didn't exactly struggle with that. But then there are other people who would do anything to try and be fit. But then what's what's better, having yeah. someone that's 100% yeah. or someone that's like 60% and trying the hardest? You know, And then risking making it an actual it's, problem Does so, that, is that a big risk is, am, am i am i over do, do we over invest how much that actually is a risk no it is a risk and i think if you if there's a way to somehow transfer your consciousness into someone else's body and feel what they were feeling through something you probably most people from the outside probably wouldn't play because it is tough you know yeah. whether it's a muscle ligament like bone whatever but you do want to try and play but unfortunately as a player you get judged based on how you perform not how you are trying to yeah. perform yeah, yeah. Like I had Bobby Zamora when I was at QPR and he had a really bad hip injury. He's basically the ball and socket now. The cartilage or whatever was gone. So he's literally just had that just pressing in there. So he was in agony. Could barely even put his socks on in the morning. But he was trying to get out there to help us try and stay up. He was fighting. I could see it every day because I sat right next to him. He was in true pain. But if he didn't play well on the Saturday, he was getting booed. I'm like, lads. But you can't come out and say, oh, come on, he's injured. Come mm. on, he's injured. And he wouldn't want to say that either. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. just doing the best that's he can tough, for the team. Wow, that's so tough. Yeah, but like it, the, when we praise people for being tough, it doesn't tend to coincide with performance as well. I mean, like difficult. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I mean. But it doesn't come with like performance as well. Yeah. Like you're doing a job for the team. And for me, like some of the injuries I had through my career came while I was playing in a game. But barring, I think only twice that I have to come off with it. Uh, did, I, did Micah once? Did you clash heads with Michael once? No, it was a uh, QPR Stephen Coker and my face was like open. Um, it was a lot. That's yeah. that's Googleable. It was a lot. But there was also one, we were playing in a pre-season game in South Africa under Mark Hughes and I think clashed heads then. And I was frustrated because there were some guys on the pitch that were cheating and all sorts. It was driving me up the wall. So frustrated. <laughs> and I need to get out there and just like just start taking souls. Pre-season friendly. <laughs> Trust me, it wasn't. It's was the first time I've seen someone properly cheat with a handball, by the way. So there's a guy... Those coming towards me, the ball bounced directly between the two of us, and we're probably like a foot away, two feet away from each other. Quick, you used his hand. Oh, mate, I'm screaming, "Ref! Ref!" <laughs> and it's like, "Whoa, what's going on?" Like, "Ref!" He's cheated. It's like, "What are you going on about injustice within football?" Oh, mate, don't start. Oh, it gets me so much. But um, I had a clash of heads. I was bleeding, and because I had so many like little head knocks and stuff, I'd always just like lean over, just let the blood drop to the floor, so I wouldn't go on my kit and so on. But I thought, okay, it's gonna stop in a second, I'll be fine. So the physio came on, and uh, and I'm talking about the game. He's not even he's not even listening to me. I'm just talking about the game. And I think he's used his hand. He's used, can you believe he's, he's used, used his hand? Yeah, <laughs> this is what's going on. Can you believe like all this is going on? And I w- went to the sideline. I thought it was gonna be coming back on. He says, no, no, you're not coming back on. I was like, what's, why am I not coming back on? Because I felt fine. Like there was a flap of skin coming down where I could see my skull. Ooh. But I was like, I didn't see it. He just said, oh, yeah, no, 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 I don't think we're gonna. So I'm, he must be thinking, this guy's a complete weirdo. You know what I mean? Like, he's looking at my skull and I'm telling him I'm ready to come back on. He's like, okay, pal. But that's, that's the thing with head injuries. That's because, why it's because, out yeah, hands. because, like, the skin is so tight around the yeah. top of your head as well. It's like any little nick, you can. Exactly. It never stops. But it's, sorry, the point I'm trying to get to with some of the injuries I had, like, the muscle ones, I've played probably five games to 10 games, um, or finished five, 10 games in my career where I was, like, injured where I'd pulled a hamstring or done a calf or something prime example being Mark Hughes's last ever game against Sunderland I did my calf in that game and that was why I ended up being out for the first four weeks under Mancini which listen did not go well <laughs> but I finished that game because as a defender I don't want to have to have a manager come and make a sub like that that's a non-progressive sub 
and I'll do whatever I can to just get through it, just fight through it. But like if, I say, it's great if, he's, if he's used three subs as well, is there then a decision to be made? Can I finish this game? No, no. For me, it's just I just can I jog? Yes. Can I run? Yes. Okay. Can I all out sprint? It hurts a bit. Fine. Whatever. I'm just going to try and get through it because I want to. There's a benefit at times to consistency existing on the field, especially across certain positions. And I was very big on trying to stay on for as long as I could until I was incapable. And so that happened quite a few times. And there was one time in particular, uh, in particular, it was, uh, it was Ashley Barnes that just left Burnley. Mm. So he's, Ashley's a good player, good guy, all that stuff. And we're playing at QPR and there was a little collision between me and him. And I snapped the tendon in my hamstring. Yeah, this was near the halfway line. I like, snapped it, it's gone, yeah. But he's now running through towards goal. So I turned around and chased him down with a snap tender, oh, hamstring tender. Possible. This is kind Des- of what I'm asking about at the start. You know, I mean, Desperation, like, no, mate. No, it's desperation. Yeah. You know what I mean? I did it. And then I had to leave the field because I couldn't move. <laughs> but I remember thinking, oh. there's no way I'm going to be on a highlight reel here of him, of me getting injured and him running away from me. Because Ashley's a good player, but he's not quick. It's like, no, I'm not having that. <laughs> That's quick decision making, that. It's God. like, no chance. Like, cause if it was Mbappe, you, you're just leaving him. Yeah, mate, I try and catch him. I just wouldn't catch him. That's <laughs> okay, the difference. Have, have, have you ever like been sprinting full pelt and pulled a muscle? Because I've done. I, I've been sprinting after a, after a ball, full pelt. and and my hamstring's gone. I felt like I've been shot. Yeah, yeah. It's, not like, nice. it's, bad. it's not nice. But then, like, as I say, what are you gonna do? You know what I mean? Well, collapsing a heap is what I did. <laughs> For me, it's just, I, I always try and finish the game and then whatever happens afterwards, happens afterwards. Yeah. It's unlikely that, say, from once it's happened in the game, it's going to get worse because at that point it's already happened, you know. So I just try and overcome it, try and deal with it for as long as I can. It's the same, in same idea in some ways from a sort of slightly lesser version. People come off with cramp. As a defender, I never came off with cramp, but I had cramp loads. But the thought of looking to the bench and saying, can yeah, I come off now? I've got cramp. Yeah, when I was playing. This is like, I've had my toes start level. curling this yeah. way. I've been unable to like bend my leg and anything. But it's like, well, it is what it is. You yeah. know what I mean? This is just the nature of the game. Whereas an attacker will sit down at 60, be like, oh, I'll tell you what, I'm cooking now, eh? Yeah. Can you, just, can you just stretch this for me? Yeah, there's there's none of that. You just finish a game. And to be fair, I think my mentality came from playing alongside Richard Dunn and Sylvain Distan. Like Donny's neck might be hanging off. Yeah. I was going to say of, of all the players that I remember, City past and present. If he's going to listen, if if as long as Donny isn't dying like in front of you, like he's going to put himself out there and play. And I was really impressed with that mentality. Mm. Obviously, from a health perspective, it's not brilliant or anything, but it meant that you knew he was always going to be there. And your presence sometimes has a bigger effect on those around you than you realize. Yeah. So you know, for me, especially like when I was captain of the club and so on, like it kind of sets the tone. You know, we do everything we can for each other. We try and finish this game. And if the manager wants to make a call and substitute you, like you don't fight him or whatever, but you know, you put yourself in a position where you learn to manage the game, but that comes with experience as well. Because when you're younger, you don't really know how to do it. But as you get older, you know exactly how to. Have you had any situations post-retirement that have been kind of after effects of injuries that you've played with? Because I, I just like, you see a lot of ex-footballers who go, yeah, my, my knees are shot or nah. whatever. It's just because they played through... No, there, there are a lot of people who've like lost cartilage and stuff in the knees, shoulders, ankles, and so on. So they say it's bone on bone, and like when they run, you can see it like hurts them. But I'm not there. Like I'm doing track and field, I'm doing sprinting, you know, yeah. as, a, as a hobby and stuff. But what I would say is different is this, the way in which I run is arguably different to someone else because see, I said I snapped my tendon before. I snapped three hamstring tendons through my career, and I only needed surgery for one, and for the other two. 
the muscle just adapts. So yeah. you have to train your hamstrings in a different way. So the two inner tendons, I think it's a semitendinosis on both sides are gone from, they're both, I don't have them. And like, I thought, oh my God, like, will I ever play again? And there, there was one other person in the premiership that was playing without one when it first happened. Uh, sorry, the Premier League. I've got to say the Premier League. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's one of them. So I run differently according to that. But it, you wouldn't be able to see it with the naked eye. But if you were to potentially have footage from me when I was younger and I had all my tendons in play. That's crazy. The but fact yeah. you can even run differently. You just adapt, yeah. Just crack on, just did, run a different did way. You have, you've named some fairly disgusting sounding injuries there. Were there was there any others... Basically, that, that I had. That when you think about it now, you think that was awful. That was right. From for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, I mean, I bet you've seen some awful ones as well. But yeah, we don't, we don't need to do that. I've so I dislocated my shoulder with yeah. Michael Essien put me on the weights and I fell forward and my shoulder just popped out. Oh uh -oh. my god, I couldn't even speak, mate. I could not even speak because it wasn't one of them that slid back in. So it's just out. I'm like, yeah. I'm lost. I'm lost. I don't even know where I am on planet Earth. The people come out. They're on a stretcher. They're trying to. They were trying to put a splint onto my wrist because they thought that I'd broken my arm or something because of some knuckle or some joint that I've got there. But while they're doing that, they're shaking my shoulder about. <laughs> so, but I can't speak. I'm so <laughs> lost. I'm so lost. And they're trying Fuck. to give me the oxygen and all that stuff. But I'd never had that before, so they didn't know how to do it. <laughs> so they like, you know, you just think, you think it's instinctive. It's not. So in the end, they they coach me into how to do it. And as soon as I started to do it, and it started to just wear, and I say. I said, oh, my, my arm's fine. It's my shoulder. They cut my shirt up and my arm's just like hanging out. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was a tragedy. But then also in terms of like other injuries, I've had like little hand muscle tear. So I had a calf tear where you could literally, the feeling, it was like a zip. I'm running and it just went. I'm like, hmm. I'm sorry, I don't know why I've asked this question because this is going to be the most uncomfortable yeah, ever. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I, can I say, I feel sick. Yeah, listen, I, it wasn't a good time. It was not a good time. I had an injury one time where I had a collision with Richard Dunn and it's down near my calf where like your calf and say the inside of your shin bone is, yeah. Um, and I just had a hole in my leg there and you could see through it with all the tendons yeah, and all stuff like that. Like we're talking a hole probably like that big. Not that big. Could just look through. <laughs> so I went in. I went in at half time because so, there was lots of blood. I didn't even notice it happened. I was playing. I looked down. There's lots of blood on my side. I was like, oh, that's weird. So I pulled it down. I was like, oh, God. Oh, uh, yeah. And then it's worse because you've seen it. Yeah, but I don't really panic like that. I'm not really someone that's like squeamish. So I went inside and I was like, half time. I said, oh, I think I've got a bit of an issue here. <laughs> this is the way I deliver the message. So I was like, what is this? I said, I just, could you just come have a look at that? They pulled the sock down and they put a plaster over it. <laughs> <laughs> And it got stitched after the game, but they didn't have enough time at half time, so they just put a plaster over it and oh. just went. But what made it worse was I could feel every step I took, I could feel everything in there moving around. God. Sorry, have I opened up a proper. You opened up a lot by the sounds of it. I was gonna, just because the, the worst one I've had, and it, you, remind, you reminded me of it about five minutes ago, and it was, I did a proper like intake of breath. It was just like a, just a training thing. I don't know if I was training with another team or like a trial or something, but I was like double busy on this strike and I was doing all right but like and i think i just like slid in went to ground and I, I can still remember like flashback moments seeing him like bring his foot down on my leg like mm. stamped on me and his i didn't have shin pads on because you know it's just what well, pre-season training whatever and like ended up having to go to hospital with it and the doctor put his little finger just below my knee and it went down to like the top knuckle oh, so it's nice. a good like nice. inch of finger like straight in the leg like and that was just purely like the guy just 
Yeah, bangs. No. Good times. These are really, really good times. Yeah, football. Yeah. Why, why did anyone bother with football? I, I gave it up years ago, mate. Nice. It's, it's it's a lot. I just I, feel like I went I was... to sports where I'm not getting injured so much, and then ended up actually cracking a rib playing golf. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's 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 one of them. You never you never anticipate you're going to get injured either. Something yeah, just happens, you know. And I had I had another one in my I'm mind. Still going. Yeah, I had another <laughs> one in my mind, but it's oh, a bit annoying. What was it? No, that, I, 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 the I, concussions, mate. I, the touch would have never officially had one of those. But I know someone who did. And this is like, thankfully, as the years went by, they started to take pay more attention to it and sort of have a big conversation because I was with Wrighty, Sean Wright at QPR, and we were playing in the game. Then something happened or whatever. And then we'd carry on playing and he came over to me and said, what score is it? This was 60 minutes into a game. He was like, asking me what score is going on in the game. And I was like, ah, come on, George, you know what score it is. But he didn't know what score it was. He didn't even know. He was just playing a game of football. I had no idea of the context around mm-hmm. it. Didn't know who he was playing for. Didn't know who that's, we were playing that's against. That's a test, isn't it? Like, if you got it now, it's like, what's the score? What, what ground are we playing at today? No idea. He had no idea. He literally came up to me, asked me, in a stadium with a scoreboard in it. He asked yeah. me, what score is the game? And I, at the time, I was like, duh, it's like losing. Duh, that's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> I would guess. <laughs> trying to think of like genuinely i've never had anything as traumatic as that i broke i broke my little finger once punching the post making a save and that's it and that's like that that sounds really wimpy nah, now but i didn't i didn't feel it until after the game it was cold nah, soft light, bless him. oh sorry this is what i was going to say so under Stuart pierce we were playing a game and a cross came in from the left hand side um this was like a just training game and i headed it away this way but coming across was mikhail bischoff uh, and he's hit the, I've never heard that. He's hit the outside of my knee, which has turned my knee inwards, and the ligament on the inside of your knee. Mine just completely ruptured, yeah, to the point where there was nothing holding it in place. And it's not like a, as bad as an ACL or something like that, but it's a grade three uh, medial ligament thing. I couldn't walk, yeah. I had to sleep downstairs at my parents' house because I couldn't go up to my bedroom. I was on crutches for... I think it's like two months. And have you ever seen some of the muscle wastes that can happen yeah. when you don't do anything? Within the space of like three, four days, I had no leg. I had nothing. Yeah. I, had a, I had a cast on my on an operation I'd had on my leg for a good two, three months. And when you t- when they took the cast off, it was like I, the leg had gone. Nothing, nothing whatsoever. And that, to be oh. fair, that was similar with my shoulder when that, after I had the surgery there. And just had this little weasel arm, you know what I mean? <laughs> and a thin gunshot on one side, and this little skinny thing is like trying to pick stuff up like that. But that that injury, the medial one, that's one of the tougher ones to come back from psychologically because with your ACL, PCL, and stuff like that, you know, you've got to retrain how to run and this, that, and the other. And I'm sure there's some level of discomfort that comes with it. But with the medial, you don't realize how important it is for kicking until all of a sudden you, you play the game, it. you kick it all the time. And if you just catch a ball on your toe, it opens up that ligament. Oh my God, the pain, man. <laughs> the rise for sale, he hurt his right medial ligament um, when we were at City together. And he wasn't great with pain. So when he was coming back, he'd only kick with his left foot. He'd be running through one on one, he'd only use his left foot because he, the, the thought of the pain he might get if he, if he hit it wrong, oh. if he hit it incorrectly, was one way it weighed on his mind was like, I can't do it. And overall, these are. What we've described it as one of reason number 956 of how playing professional sport isn't as easy as some people make it out from the outside. Because some of these things and some of the pains that I've felt and others have felt, I guarantee that people would not want anything to do with it. It's horrendous, mate. Absolutely horrendous. Time to take a short break now. When we come back, we'll be talking all about pre-season tours. See you then. 
It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Let Me Talk is sponsored by you, the listeners. The best way to support the podcast is by subscribing via Memberful. You can pay as little as £2 per month, which gives you early access to all our podcasts ad-free, and they're packed with even more content. That gives you even more minutes of us to fill up your week. Subscribing is really easy and the longer episodes will integrate seamlessly with your podcast app of choice, be it Spotify or Apple. Head over to lmtpod.com for more information on signing up and links to all of our socials. Tweetcred says, uh, pre-season tours, Miyosei to Japan. What goes on? How much free time are the players given? Uh, I believe Pep hates pre-season. What's it like when your national team duties prevent you from joining until after, getting back up to speed, all that sort of stuff? How seriously do players take the games? Take the pre-season games? Yeah. Um, you obviously have Very more. seriously by the sounds of the, of the handball <laughs> situation. Yeah, I can, I can only talk about my perspective, to be honest. And, you know, that's changed a lot over the years. And City are in a far different spot. Like when I when the takeover first happened, we were going to USA for the first time because usually we were playing flipping dog and duck down in Stately Bridge, you know. That's who we were as a football club. I always remember like Tranmere, Rochdale, All uh, of that. Oldham would be All the three teams. Yeah. I remember hitting the crossbar, I think, away at Rochdale. And it was like the greatest moments I've ever had in a pre-season career. I thought, oh, this is my new set piece. I'm going to score so many these <laughs> in my career. Never happened. Um but it depends. Mancini used to always like to stay in city centres and he liked to roam the streets himself. So players would have the chance to do so as well. But then the club at that point was at a different scale as well. So they had fewer sponsors, fewer people desperate to find time with them and the like. So you could just be like a smaller team on a preseason tour in a big in a big market or whatever. You didn't have like marketing duties. and. Whereas now, yeah. if you play for City, like you're doing more than just playing football, aren't you? You know, you, you're part of that big market and I'm sure they will have time and I'm sure the players themselves if tradition still remains, will make their own time when there isn't yeah. time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, if that makes sense. Uh, I, I read between the lines absolutely. perfectly. Yeah. yeah, players are quite good at making their own time. Um, but I think with pre-seasons, the best thing you can do, I think, as a manager is to tell people what the schedule is going to be and tell them to be ready and make sure they can perform for those things. The worst thing you can do is tell them what they have to do. Yeah. You know, Some of the managers I've had who tell, you, tell players, like, you're not allowed to drink, you're not allowed to go out. It's like the the players perceive it as a challenge. You know, how much can we go out and how much can we drink? You know, as opposed to making the focus the training sessions themselves. Um, 
Sort of like, I don't care what you do, but be ready for nine o'clock on Monday or whatever. Exactly, because then that's putting trust into your players, you know, because when you look around, as a manager, you look around and you see players who are fathers, you know, people who've played for 10, 15 years, people, you know, who, like husbands, if they went, if a player would go to the same place that the pre-season tour is, would they behave in the same way that they behave if they're on this work trip? Well, if you're telling them that they have to be in their beds for 10.30, to a 32 year old who's got like kids who are in high school you're like you've lost your mind yeah because that's just not gonna happen but then the younger ones you know they might do that they might be more sort of steady um and then preseason games themselves you take them seriously but you're never really gonna be playing a full game in them and manager tends to have made a decision about who they want to play as the games progress as well and a lot of the work that you do for those games is built around the work which you do in the lead up to those games. You know, some of the fitness work is coming out in there, some of the tactical work's coming out in there because within a 90 minute sort of like framework where people will play four to five minutes each, for example, you can start to build relationships, but it's not the same as say, getting a chance to do it day in, day out elsewhere. It's more so a case of trying to boost your match sharpness or whatever, but just don't get injured, you know? You want to have a full group of players available to be selected when the season starts, you know? That's the, that's the main thing. And you can check the numbers, you can see the GPS numbers, you can see how they're performing. But someone could score 10 goals in pre-season and then still not play doesn't for the mean first anything. game anyway. Yeah. Like, it, it matters, but it doesn't. You know, Players want to play well. You want to come back, you want to be competitive, you want to be... like how I think for all the... This is funny, actually. So two years ago, when City lose Champions League final to uh, Chelsea, Cancelo doesn't play, Rodri doesn't play, Gabriel Jesus doesn't start, um, Laporte doesn't start. And there are lots of players who didn't start. When that season's done, you know, the ones that didn't leave, come the start of that next season, they're motivated to say that if that happens again, I have to be playing. So you arrive in a place where you've got a point to prove. Not everyone is just celebrated because it's been their best season ever. Because for some, they still want more. Did you play enough games of football? Likely it is. For most of them, it's the answer is no. So how are you going to try and address that? Well, you start on day one. You put marker down. You mm. show how well you're training, how prepared you are, how fit you are. You know how good you are technically, and all this stuff. So people have always got a point to prove. And off the back of that, it just means that like whenever you raise the floor, then the standard always stays high because the ones who were in position at the end of last season, they can't really rest on their laurels, can they? Because they know that if they mess about, here's someone like with Kovacic coming in. It's like the idea of a catfish to disrupt the the barrel or whatever. You know what I mean? Do you know where you're coming from with that catfish idea? Do you have you heard of what what no, catfish I, is? I know what you mean, but I don't know this specific. That's where the, the ter- that's where the ter- term like cat- catfish would come yeah. from because on some fish that were in a barrel along a journey, if they don't have exercise, then they die. So you put in a catfish, which then disrupts all those other ones in the barrel, so it I keeps see, them okay. ready and fresh for when the journey's over and they can start the next place. If anyone thinks that's wrong. Family on Twitter, not me. <laughs> but, I'll take the screenshots and send it to you. Exactly. But yeah, that's it makes a difference seeing new faces, trying to like push, push, push. Everyone, whatever you did the last year, you think you can do it again, think you can do it better. But I imagine being picked up on natural history of all the stuff that like come like, the blowback <laughs> from this podcast. Like, if they're Listen, as long as people are listening, that's, that's the picking key. Picking what's going on in the sea. Listen, fine, as long on. as people are listening, that's, that's the key. But yeah, that, that is it in itself. And everyone, you know, some people, you as a player can't say a preseason game doesn't matter because you won't see a manager that will say it doesn't matter. There will be always be something within that game that matters, whether it's a case of, as I say, staying fit, working on something technical, 
working on something tactical or just getting the game time itself. Is there a difference then between like because people always say match fitness and match sharpness? Like, what is that? What what is that when it in like does you see some teams like we we talked on a previous show about Liverpool in the in the Community Shield last season having played six seven eight games in the run up to that and City haven't played two yeah like does how how quickly can you get that match sharpness I think it progresses throughout the season as well to be honest because how many teams would you say their best football that they played was in the first two months of the season I thought it won't be that many you know still getting into a groove and still trying to build those sort of relationships and understanding between those that are around them and the match match sharpness thing can be individual it can be collective yeah. you know to know how you're going to react in any particular situation where well, it becomes easier when you've done it many times before as opposed to say just a, you could 11 players could arrive in one place together and play a game of football but there's still certain things which exist in the back of your minds which are doubts whereas as the season progresses the doubts are far fewer you get to know each other and where they're going to be and yeah, how they move you know yeah. you know exactly how it's going to go you know when this guy gets the ball here like say with Kovacic does anyone know how to play with him yet even though he's a, he's a very good player, does anyone know how to play with him yet? Well, the likelihood is you'll you'll know that the more you train with him yeah. and the more games you play with him to the point where you know what it's going to look like. When he gets the ball and he looks up, that's your time to do this or your time to do that. Whereas in the past, it's like in the community shield, everyone was trying to, well, not everyone, but some people were trying to make a big deal of like De Bruyne and Haaland not linking up well. De Bruyne playing balls late to Haaland, Haaland going too early, this, that and the other. And then the season progresses and it's like the, the prime link up of the Premier League of those two sort of connecting with each other. And it say it just it take it takes take time. time. Yeah, it takes time for sure. Did you ever go on a postseason tour? And what's the vibes around that? Because I get the feeling from the outside looking in, I can't cannot be asked. Yeah. With this, like the season's done, it's done. Yeah. I mean, we we did a show recently. We talked about people celebrating, never mind trophies and stuff. Just the season being over, and yeah. it's like you don't have to go in for training the next day. You don't want to be going to like Thailand for a tour at the end of the season. Yeah, you? you you don't, you don't. I suppose you can. You don't, but like you can have your own fun anyway. Yeah, it will be. It's not as serious as say a pre-season tour. It's not as serious as in-season. So there is an element of like a vacation to it. But still, like when you sign for City and you sign for some of these other football clubs who are successful right now, you're signing for more than just like the 38 games in a season. You're signing to represent them as a brand. Some of the stuff that, you know, like every month when they do those like partner days, other clubs don't have that. But if you come to City, that's the standard. Mm. This is what you'll have to do. That that post-season tour to wherever is kind of set in stone now. As you join, this is something that should be expected. And you can say, oh, I can't be bothered. But that's like saying you can't be bothered on these like media appearance days. You can't be bothered, but it's part of your job uh, as they, such. Uh, the only reason I ask is they feel a bit more... They don't feel as much as the norm. And I've, never, I've never seen City do one in my kind of seven or eight years of I remember, them. I remember, I remember one with that Sven did. Yeah, um, to Thailand. To Thailand, but I... I, oh, so I didn't completely pick the no, Thailand. But I, th- example, I think you, you might have been injured for that. I was like, injured yeah. for that one, yeah, thankfully. But, um, See, thankfully. Yeah, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. It doesn't strike no, me as something the, that people know. Every I don't. I don't know. You know. I can't think of Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool. You know, yeah. doing it. It just feels like something that comes up every now and again. And I'll see that and just go, "Fuck, no way." Sorry. The reason I said thankfully I was mixing up appearance, mixing up, mixing that up. I think there was one where City went to China or something as well at the end of the season. Oh, possibly. It was one where one of the former academy players at City was trying to get a manager sacked. Um, so mm. yeah, that's the one. I was glad that wasn't on because that one was had a few issues. But Don, Donny <laughs> had to put said person in their place. So, yeah, whichever one that was. I bet was. you were disappointed to have missed that particular element of it. The less time I spend with said individual, the better <laughs> my life is. So, no, I wasn't too disappointed, to be honest now. I'm not too disappointed at all. But as I say, it's part and parcel of the job now. You know, the football landscape is changing. It's changed a lot for City. The players sign up to a different level of expectation. They have to do things differently. And if you didn't want it, 
just go play somewhere else where it doesn't exist then. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't want to be signing thousand shirts a season, play for a team where nobody wants a thousand of the shirts. You yeah, know? Okay. So it's fine. It's literally <laughs> can be that simple, can And you can complain all you want. But I think in that environment at City, as you look around, everyone's reached a point where they accept it and this is part of the culture of the football club. So it is what it is. Right? Mm. I'm, I'm interested as well because like when you do the tour and stuff, you get to experience the culture around the place. How yeah. how shielded are the players from that or do they get to experience the culture of a place that they go to? I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you how much it's changed because when I was there, yeah, you could go out and you could see things and you always had downtime. Um, it wasn't a case of like you'd have tons of downtime because yeah. some managers might be big on video meetings, some managers might be big on like, well, you do this train session in the morning then you've got the gym session at this point and you've got to meet at this. So they can take your day away from you. But I think some of the best managers, the ones that sort of strike a balance because they know, as is the case with Guardiola, especially at the end of last season, like when it's the the most serious part of the season, he gave them probably more time off than they'd had at other points yeah, throughout the year. He kept saying, well, we're off Monday, Tuesday, and then exactly. Wednesday we come in and, yeah. And it gives you, it gives a different type of motivation to the players because it makes them sort of be able to, you know, you'll miss home, but you can still enjoy where you are. Where you are. But if you can't do that, then you miss home even more. And that's when you start to see people sort of aspiring a little bit, to be honest. I'm guessing, guessing, especially with City and how they like you know, everything, it wouldn't surprise me if they like hired out or tried to hire out like a venue where the players could have a party and stuff. But then with it being so controlled in terms of security, maybe you can't ensure that's going to be the case in, let's say, Tokyo. So then I, I reckon just end, everything ends up being private. And I imagine, you know, you hear stories, and obviously this is different because there's loads of like, drink and drugs involved, but you hear stories of like, rock bands or whatever going on tour around the world and they don't know what city they're in I can imagine it being that like you could be playing anywhere like if you're just going if you're just being shuttled from like hotel to training ground to training to ground and then stadium. Like, yeah, yeah stadium and then or like staying in the hotel or whatever like most of the time like the traffic it could be LA it could be Istanbul it could be Tokyo all the stuff that goes on is dependent upon how long you're there for if you're going for a short period of time, then it is almost like a nip in, nip out type of thing where like it's on a game, like a game on a weekend when you travel Friday and then come back on Saturday, you won't do anything. But if you're going somewhere for like three, four days or the longer time than usual, then you'll have time to bed in. You'll have time yeah. to unpack your bags. And if you've got time to unpack your bags, then you've got time to go and see something. I think they'll probably encourage that, to be fair. That's it for this episode of Let Me Talk Details. Sam, there's more for members uh, from this episode. What, uh, what can they hear? Yeah, it was supposed to be which teams that aren't City that we would like to manage. So we did a bit of that. But it was largely about why Nadem's not a manager and never, ever will be. And you'll get the impression he never will be. Yes. If you'd like to hear all that, then you can sign up. All the useful links are in the episode description and over on lmtpod.com if you want to ask us a question or send us a voice note on twitter instagram and tiktok just search for lmtpod there's plenty of extra content completely free on there as well or you can send us an email as well hello at lmtpod.com thanks for listening and we will see you next time 